Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Move Nourished podcast, where we discuss nutritious eating, functional movement, and herbal medicine to help you move, eat, and live better. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. We're clinical herbalists, movement coaches, and wellness nerds. Let's get started. All right. Today, dear listeners, we are going to be giving you the tea on our favorite anti-inflammatory plants. How much, what forms, where to get them, why we like them, and even in the tastiest ways to take them. Forrest, let's start with turmeric. That was yeah, probably was, like yeah. the one that has just blown up in popularity in the last few years. If you have been under a rock, maybe you haven't heard about it, but if you have not been <laughs> under a rock, you have probably encountered some sort of curcumin, turmeric extract as, lauded and held up as an anti-inflammatory. And there is a, a basis for that, absolutely. Curcumin is probably the constituent of turmeric that has been the best studied. There's a lot of a challenge with uh, a research culture that research is mostly drugs, right? Is then when they go to research plants, they tend to take out a specific constituent and isolate yeah. it from the whole plant. And while that is sometimes very helpful, right? Because that's how we find out that, for example, several of the plants that we're going to be talking about today work on the exact same mechanism as ibuprofen and other NSAIDs of being a COX-1 and COX-2 inhibitor. But plants are more than just their individualized constituents. And there are there is a strong case to be made in many cases to prefer and to leverage the synergy of the whole plant. There's a case to be made with one of the ones we're talking about today for the opposite, but there, in many cases, turmeric being one of them, I would advocate for the usage of the whole plant if both from an effectiveness standpoint and also because there's some concerns about curcumin extracts, isolated and, and concentrated curcumin extracts specifically, messing with some metabolism of some drugs because they affect liver metabolism. And that same problem has not really been observed if you use just whole plant turmeric. Your dosage has to be pretty high, so you are going to be in taking a bit of probably a little bit more than if you were taking an isolated extract, but it's going to be more effective. And you also get all the other lovely benefits of turmeric. Yeah. What would you say? I typically have folks when I'm recommending turmeric, the standard sort of thing for encapsulated herbs, right? Three to five grams a day. Either yeah. you can you can take that in capsule form, you can the most delicious way, and we'll give you a recipe at the end of the episode today is to make a golden milk out of uh, turmeric and ginger. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the best way because you get to have a nice, lovely, sweet drink. And turmeric and I think ginger as well, but I know for sure turmeric extracts really well in the fat of a milk or a plant-based milk. So yes. that's not only a delicious way to take it, but it's also an effective way to take it. What are your thoughts on turmeric as an anti-inflammatory? Yeah, I, I use capsules. I use um, just a simple powder added to mm -hmm. the fluid food. of your choice. That's the other. Yeah, food is you can take the same one to three gram dosage and just make it into a curry yeah yeah you would have to eat the whole curry but yeah you have to eat the whole curry to get that dosage but yeah you can turmeric is a spice that is oftentimes used with a heavier hand and mm -hmm. so it's one of the, a lot of times it's harder to like if you're using a spice herb to get the dosage high enough in food to be mm -hmm. the same as the dosage you're wanting for herbal medicine right. but turmeric is the one that i think it can work because you can really make a higher turmeric dish that gets you at least in the ballpark of what you're going for in your mm -hmm. dosage. 
Yeah. I will say uh, many, with the exception of the one that Forrest is going to be talking about later on in the episode, the ones that I tend to use as anti-inflammatories, so turmeric, we're also going to be talking about ginger, we're going to be talking about boswellia. They're all very warming, dear listener, mm-hmm. so they're warming spices. So they are to be used with caution if you run really hot. They are to be used with a little bit of caution if you are going through menopause and you are prone to hot flashes and night sweats because that could exacerbate them and I don't want to make anybody sweatier than they want to be. But because they are warming, they have a tendency also to be a little bit of drying. So if you're taking a lot of them, just be sure that you are taking care to keep up your moisture balance, both oil and by drinking enough. And and one thing that I'll do that I hope isn't jumping the cuff on the herbs we're talking about today, <laughs> but I'll use peach or cherry bark. Hmm. Even though peach and cherry bark aren't typically the anti-inflammatories we think of as being ibuprofen-like, but them with turmeric or boswellia, there's a synergistic anti-inflammatory mm. effect. And then the cooling... Cooling plants, very, dear listeners. The coo- yeah, mm-hmm. the cooling nature of cherry bark, peach bark, things like that can really help to balance out the warming, drying effect of things like mm. turmeric and boswellia. And so yeah. that's something. Beautiful. Another one that is I would use in a very similar way to turmeric, perhaps not in cooking, but definitely if you're talking about capsules or just taking the powder would be ginger. Mm-hmm. Typically, I prefer, for most other applications, I prefer fresh ginger because it is less drying. But for this one, because of the dose that, that you typically are shooting for, it's a little bit easier and more compact to do dried ginger. But again, very warming, circulatory stimulant, and so it can be a little bit drying. I would use a similar dose to turmeric, a gram a couple times a day, so you're leveling, leveling out to about three to five grams per day. And that may be something that would be a little bit more difficult to achieve in a dish unless you were making like really gingery gingerbread cookies. Um, But you can do that in a capsule. You can do that as part of your as part of your tea. You can do that in food. If you like the taste of ginger, it can be a little bit spicy when you get up there. What are your thoughts on on ginger? As an anti-inflammatory. I, I, I don't really use it as specifically as an anti-inflammatory. I, I use it a lot with turmeric, with mm. boswellia as a synergist. And I know it has those principles, but I always think of it just in my brain as a more digestive, mm. warming harmonizer. But I know... Sure. I would consider turmeric the same thing in terms of the bitterness, especially Definitely. that is in that is turmeric and in and, and its place as a sort of a, a digestive cure-all within Ayurveda. I think that is something. And, and again, we could go off on a tangent here and, and discuss how much of the anti-inflammatory benefit is potentially coming from better circulation, better digestion. So like there, there's a component of that as well. That's sort of a little bit less direct and a little bit less tangible. Definitely. So the third one that I would not recommend putting in your food <laughs> necessarily uh, or trying to do as food would be frankincense. Boswellia, yes. I usually call it by its uh, botanical name Boswellia serrata, but it is frankincense. Very aromatic, very mm-hmm. resinous, and very warming and drying. Also mast cell stabilizing, so it can be helpful mm-hmm. as well with allergies, hay fever, things like that. This is one instance where I would actually probably advocate a standardized extract rather than the whole plant powder, although I've used both. It does taste like perfume. 
it's frankincense. So yes. just be, you know, you may have, you might have perfume burps, but I would probably recommend, typically I use a standardized extract that is at, standardized to at least 60% boswellic acids because that is mm-hmm. one of the compounds that has been studied to be yeah. the most anti-inflammatory. And I would also say that this one is warming and drying enough that I would use it with caution in someone with heartburn or right. bird. I Probably use, ginger um, too. I use the whole plant. I think a lot of time. I think it's there's a lot of gum in a lot of these resinous yeah. anti-inflammatories, and there's, there's this problem with getting enough of the resin out in commercial mm. extraction processes. Mm. So while I, in my practice, use the whole plant and pound the gum away from the resin, like mm-hmm. I've also would recommend the standardized extract more often, just on the market because it's it can be hard to get the right thing. Yeah. The, the, the other thing is. Boswellia is the best studied, but Uh, there are a few other of the resinous herbs that you can look for. Things like myrrh, mm. which can be a little bit better in someone with heartburn and GERD because Mm. of some other principles that it brings. It's still drying and warming, but it has some extra magic. There's also the dragon's blood from China and the Google from India that are other kind of like in this category of resinous anti-inflammatories that Mm. is so effective. Yeah. My favorite way, again, we mentioned this earlier, but just as uh, to tie out our heating, warming, drying anti-inflammatories, turmeric and ginger, I really like as a sort of anti-inflammatory golden milk, if you will. Uh, You'll Mm -hmm. heat them very gently. I use, you got to go hefty. I'll use a tablespoon and a half, sometimes even two if I'm feeling really froggy in your cup of milk of choice. Heat it gently, try not to let it boil, and then sweeten it to taste with honey maple syrup, something like that. That is going to be, you're going to be leveraging the warming properties of that even more in your, in drinking it as a hot liquid. So just know that in the dead of summer, this might be a challenge, but it's an excellent remedy as we come into the cooler months for warming up your fingies and toes and then getting also a little bit of anti-inflammatory recovery magic. And then the last one that kind of with that warming spice-like is saffron. Love saffron. Saffron is... The, the studies just continue to pour in about the amazing effects it has as an anti-inflammatory. Pretty on the brain. Yes. If I'm not Partic- mistaken. Yeah, particularly on the brain. It's been looked at with post-concussion syndrome, lots. But depression. I find depression, I find that it's also a very good general anti-inflammatory that can potentiate the ginger all of those mixes have Um, a designated cup people because this is going to stain your fingers and everything you put it in very orange (laughs) between the turmeric and the saffron and and unless you uh, get nervous about the expense of saffron i would remind you that the or inform you if you didn't already know that the dose on saffron that you really need is not very much at all so i think it's like the equivalent of three of the little fronds or what are they called i think it's fronds right yeah fronds works they have a particular they have a special name like plants plant part sometimes i just can't remember so the dose on them is not very high so it really doesn't take much to get you what you're after and if I remember correctly, perhaps not specifically as an alternative to ibuprofen, but definitely for 
a headache and mm-hmm. it is very warming as well. So same cautions as before, but yeah, I adore saffron. Yeah. And then on the not warming side of things uh, in a different class. So if we were to call this episode herbal alternatives to aspirin, we, we, would, right. be re- we yeah. would be remiss to not talk about uh, willow bark. Yeah. And I know it's more on the, it's on par with aspirin in its effect. I would consider it when I think, Oh, what's my, what do I reach for? First of all, as the ibuprofen, alternative mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. think of willow first off it's very good for that acute part of a inflammatory response mm. you just got an injury you just it's less of what i'd reach for the general headache, post chronic, general headache, chronic or, yeah. headaches mm-hmm. or cro- or just Achy. mitigating inflammation from a hard workout or from a hard mm. week that's when i'm looking more at turmeric ginger mm-hmm. things like that if it's a sprained your ankle, slam tackled, your finger in a car door, slam your yeah. finger in a car door, you got a, a an injury. Willow, I think, is one of the best acute anti-inflammatory herbs, and I think it it really that's where aspirin was made from originally. Am I as am I not? If I'm not mistaken, yes, aspirin, the salicylic acid, mm-hmm. is one of the main constituents of willow. The willow has a lot of other constituents, and so I never feel like willow is aspirin, natural aspirin. It, it has a little bit more in its anti-inflammatory effect that makes me think more of you know what I'm looking for in ibuprofen. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it doesn't would... carry the same risks as yeah, aspirin. Yeah, yeah. How would you recommend people use it? I, I, I use it as uh, tincture, but I know that folks do that differently. Yeah, so I'll do it as tincture too. So doing three to five mils of tincture for inflammatory for anti-inflammatory effects or you can get the bark itself and if you can get it in powder then you can just mix it into hot water Mm. and have a nasty tasting thing you just I would just mix like a gram or if you have the in the bark form itself or you have a willow tree that you can go and get a little bit of bark from you can just take two to five grams and yeah and decoct that on the stove a little bit all right friends we have been talking about our favorite herbal alternatives to ibuprofen. Thank you for listening to the Move Nourished podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. And we will catch you next time.